Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. And I'm Dusty. My brothers and sisters in Christ, join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Welcome back. Well, two guys, welcome back. Dusty, again, good to see you, buddy. And Jason Nunez, both of you guys, welcome back. That's a welcome back part of reference for all the young people out there. I don't know if you've seen that movie yet. I like it. It's a good show. Good show. <laughs> How are you guys doing? Good, good. Uh, it's great to be with you guys. I'm looking forward to an information-packed show. This is one of our shows that we uh, we yeah. spend a lot of time kind of catching up on on current events and geeking out on topics, some of our favorite topics. I, I know I'm looking forward. What about what about you, Jason? Oh yeah, hey guys. Yeah, it's good to be back with uh, with Roger and Dusty again. It's it's always a good time when I yeah. when I can jump on with you guys. And uh, Roger, when you send me over, you know the list of the topics we're going to be discussing. I I could not wait for right now because mm. uh, it's it's going to be fun. Pack pack. Let's get into it. All right, Dusty, what do we got first? Well, you know, this is one of the things I have not been looking forward to speaking mm. about. This is a very uh, noteworthy, newsworthy topic that's been on the lips of Catholics, uh, especially back in my my hometown of Los Angeles. I call it my hometown. Actually, it's my adopted hometown because I'm from here, from Texas. But um, Bishop David G. O'Connell, who was one of the uh, archdiocese of Los Angeles's uh, bishops, uh, auxiliary bishops, was a person who I I I'd met a couple of times. Uh, I can tell you that he was a very sweet person, originally from Ireland. He uh, was the person who um, joined us for the a couple of different special events. The first one uh, that I went to a couple of, of, of the masses with him was he was the bishop in charge of confirming the young adults oh, okay. that we taught at uh, St. Uh, Andrew's Parish in Pasadena, which is my old parish. And then the second time uh, that I that I dealt with him was at a very very special uh, adoration service that he hosted. He sort of ran around to different parishes from time to time. We thought we were very blessed, and he came to a, a special adoration that we held at a retreat center. And it was very special to me because uh, Kira, who's my 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 life partner. Uh, had converted to Catholicism not much earlier than that. And we decided that we would go to this adoration service. This would have been her second adoration service. She had experienced adoration briefly at a, one of our retreats, uh, adoration at the search retreat. She experienced that, and that was actually the first time that Kira felt like she wanted to be Catholic because she had felt something very moving and very special in that adoration service same thing the second time she went to adoration this was a 69 year old uh, bishop o'connell hosting it and it was really interesting because he made it uh, very marian it was very mary centric absolutely one of my favorite adoration um experiences that we've had hosted by him and in it uh he would say for example uh things like you know, our blessed mother is here with us and her heart is filled with love for you. Uh, and, and, and he would say, I have a very special love in my heart for our lady of Lords. We were blown away because when we first heard about his murder, I, I thought about the fact that, you know, he had been part of our confirmation program there yeah. at St. Andrews, 
But apparently he served uh, in Hacienda Heights, another city uh, at, at St. John Vianney uh, Church, Vianney. And as it turns out, we've, you know, we've all heard perhaps the headlines of this 69-year-old yeah. wonderful person who was a man of peace being murdered. But I wanted to kind of dive into that a little more and have a discussion today. Yeah. He was murdered on Saturday, February 18th at around 1 p.m. before 1 p.m. on Saturday. Uh, his body was discovered. Uh, and then two days later, uh, the, the, the police arrested the husband of O'Connell's housekeeper. Yeah, okay, that's so weird. Bishop O'Connell yeah. has a housekeeper that's there, you know, taking care of the house for them. And uh, and then her husband is arrested two days later after a standoff in Torrance, which is clear across L.A., pretty far away. Really? Uh, over closer to the ocean. Okay. Yeah, and this apparently 61-year-old Carlos Medina uh, had confessed to the murder for Mr. Medina. Mr. Medina apparently came back uh, and uh, to his house or to his neighborhood and was talking about how Bishop O'Connell owed him money, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. The police apparently have not found any truth to to that. The gentleman had admitted to to killing, and they believed that they had recovered the weapon that that was used. Uh, there were there were other pieces of evidence. Wasn't he acting only... erratic? Right? They said that yeah. They, when were he very came strange. back, he was. That's exactly yeah. right. When he came back to his neighborhood, to his house, to, uh, interacting with other people there, strange. of which one of them was obviously a tipster. Uh, there were there were things that had um, that pointed the police to this gentleman. One of the things that jumped out at me as I was keeping up with the story on social media was the response, the hatred, yeah. the anger. Uh, of some people, the clear, I mean, I, I was really disappointed to see people on Twitter, for example, which is my, my favorite app to go to for, you know, yeah. breaking news and things. But when, when news broke out that the husband of his housekeeper was the suspect, uh, you could not, I'm, I'm not even going to repeat, but you could just imagine yeah. some of the yeah. lunacy and, and the accusations that were going on about this very, yeah. What 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 who had been perceived as a very holy man, mm -hmm. a man of peace, a man who made an incredible impact for those of us who knew him uh in, in the Los Angeles area. If the, if this was a man of God, why didn't God protect him? Mm. Why did this happen to a man of God? Mm -hmm. And of course, mm -hmm. I saw that as an opportunity to ask you Roger right away. Yeah. You know, what what about uh, what about situations like this? Sometimes yeah. crimes happen to good, bad things happen to good people yeah, all the time. Exactly. Right? But this is a very, very special circumstance. Not the first time, by the way, that no. we've seen a man of God uh, shot at. Our, our own Pope, yeah. uh, John Paul II, was shot yeah. at. But where does this, I mean, I guess the opportunity for us to talk about this briefly is where, where do we make sense of yeah. these types of situations? And where does the idea that God gives us free will coming into yeah, all of this. That's gr uh, great, man. Gr great, Dusty. That's a good, that's a big question, right? Because you're like, God, how can a good God do this? And like philosophers have been talking about this very question of how does God relate to our world? How does he interact with us? You have people um, like Godfrey uh, uh, Wilhelm Leibniz. He's a German rationalist philosopher, and he has a take on it about the, it's called the best of all possible worlds. So his thing is, 
this is the best we got. God is powerful. He's good. But we don't know. Like, we don't know what's in his mind. This is actually the best it could get. There's no other. The world couldn't be another way. That's his take on it. Then you have, of course, which I reject, um, an American philosopher. Uh, He's part of the process tradition. His name is Charles Hartsworn. And what he says, his thing about this question of how does God interact, he says God actually lacks one of the attributes that which means he's either not uh, omniscient, he's not omnipresent, he lacks something, or he's not all good, or he's not all powerful. That's his kind of famous uh, process tradition. Which again, as Catholics and faithful people, we completely reject that because that goes against classical theism. Now, there's right. another one, um, Rabbi Kushner, who's very famous. He wrote the book that it, it's been like number one and all this stuff. It's very good. It's called When Bad Things Happen to Good People, and it's by. Uh, Rabbi Kushner, his proposal is now getting, I feel like it's getting closer. He says that there's a push and pull of free will of people and of nature. For example, an earthquake does what an earthquake does. And we're human beings that are mortal. We're going to get hurt. We're going to interact. Now, the, he's he's close. I, I like his way of thinking, the rabbi. But the one that I kind of subscribe to more is from C.S. Lewis. Because C.S. Lewis takes on this uh, Augustinian approach. And it's very similar to the rabbi Kushner because he says actions have consequences. He also says you have to abide by laws of nature. Uh, A earthquake does or um, a flood does what a flood does. And it just, we happen to be in the way, but also that there has to be free will. And if God always comes down to interfere, for example, if I'm drunk driving, God always comes down and, and like zaps all the drunk drivers that that's like interfering. That's not free will. Uh, But also, C.S. Lewis does say, and, and we do teach that God does do miracles. He has he he has stopped bad things from happening. God does interfere. That's why they're called miracles, right? So I like C.S. Lewis's his point. Out of the four, out of the four thought process, I like C.S. Lewis because he takes into account free will. He takes into account nature, right? A hurricane is going to do what a hurricane does. It's a consequence of Earth, right? We have to have hurricanes. And also he takes into account the fact that God does interfere. But if he were to interfere every single time I got behind him the wheel of my car or every time I told a lie or said I promised somebody something and I didn't, if he were just to come down and smite me all the time, that's not free will. And and he would say that free will is a greater good. Well, Dusty and Roger, this is a heavy topic for sure. Yeah. Uh, and that, you know, this this C.S. Lewis guy, you know, he's he's onto something. I think I've heard I, of I'm him, not, right? I've heard of him. Yeah. I, this guy should write some books. You know, he, he, needs to, <laughs> he needs to get all these thoughts down and put them down on paper. Wasted his life. You know, <laughs> right. You know, he, he, he that's that's something you should do. But no, so so back to back to Dusty's question, right? So yeah, you know, good things, bad things happen to good people. And unfortunately, that is the case. Uh, the fact remains, though, is that even though this bad thing did happen to this beloved, beloved bishop, and when I read this news, it's it was one of those moments where not only did I stop scrolling, but I stopped breathing for like two seconds mm. right after I read the headline because of the shock. Right. right. I, I, the the connection that I had to this bishop is nothing compared to you know Dusty. You know, I I never met the man. But you know what? Catholic means universal. Mm, so right. in a way, we we are all connected. We are all the body of Christ. Uh, the gen, the the man that that allegedly shot him, that's confessed, is a part of that body of Christ, mm. right? 
So how do we reconcile that? How how do we make sense of that? And how do we go on th- with our days and our lives with that information? You know, there's always hope. There's hope for this man. Uh, Pope St. John Paul II gave us the greatest example by forgiving his he assassin. Did. He did do that, yeah. Right? And not only did he do that, but the bullet that was in him, I'm not mistaken, he left at the grotto of Our Lady of Lourdes. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he he left it. He left it there for Our Lady. You know, as as a thank you and as a as a way to show gratitude to her. You know, you my life has been spared. Yeah. If convicted, Medina faces thirty five years to life in prison. He's sixty one years old, so you can just assume that he would probably die oh, in yeah. prison. The problem that I had was the hatred that I saw that still exists towards our men uh, of of faith. There was one woman when I when I hear somebody say that, you know, sometimes we don't understand why things happen. I go back to a meeting that I that I used to attend uh, for for husbands and wives and family members of people who were alcoholics and drug addicts. And a woman came up one day to speak to us, our guest speaker, and she shared how her 16 year old daughter had been killed by a drunk driver. And it was very powerful testimony. Mm. And uh, she said, you know, I never understood why it happened. I couldn't have peace. I didn't know how God could allow this to happen until the day that I met the five people her organs saved. Oh, yeah. And wow, like that shook us all. Powerful. That that example you shared there, Dusty, where that, that woman's daughter you know, saved those people with her yeah, organs. Yeah, that's crazy. That there, that is the hope. Yeah, that yes. is the hope that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. It can change people's lives for the better, but it came from something unthinkable, unfathomable. Uh, mm-hmm. So speaking of unthinkable and unfathomable, I'm going to challenge your listeners, Roger and Dusty, to do something, whether it's now, after I say it, or after they listen to this amazing episode, but it's this. Not only, not only am I going to challenge you to pray for late Bishop uh, mm-hmm. O'Connell, yep. but I am going to challenge you to pray for Mr. Medina because he is a child mm. of God yeah. and he needs our prayers as well, as well yeah. as his housekeeper wife. I can only imagine. Yeah, what she that's a good point at this moment also. So, well, you know, it, it reminds me of one of my favorite films, which nobody saw. It was a drama romance film in 2016 called collateral beauty with Will oh Smith. yeah that was yeah, great I performance really good yeah, performance. if you haven't seen it you had to, mm-hmm. gotta watch it the whole yeah. theme of the film is that when something bad happens there's not only collateral damage but there's also collateral beauty but speaking uh, of movies here's here's not a somber movie and actually speaking of movies and speaking of uh the man of the cloth we have a great by all historical records, by all everyone else uh, says about him is uh, Father Gabriel Moore, the chief exorcist or former chief exorcist of the Vatican. And in the new trailer with one of my favorite, I think he's one of the greatest actors, one of the greatest living actors, um, Russell Crowe. We loved him in Gladiator. Uh, well, he's in a new movie and it's called The Pope's Exorcist. So uh, Dusty Ooh. and uh, Jason buckle up, turn off the lights do all that or maybe turn on the lights i don't know but we're gonna check out this trailer and give our trailer reactions i'm gonna close my eyes whatever you do you only do because god allows it did he allow that oh 
Already off the back. Nope. Father Gabriele Amorit. On the night of June 4th, you performed an exorcism. Creepy, creepy. That was not an exorcism. He sounds like Zeus from the Thor movie. <laughs> Remember when he did his accent? The majority of cases do not require an exorcism. 98% I recommend it by him to doctors and psychiatrists. That music is creepy. Yeah. The other 2%. I call it evil. True story. We have more questions for you, Father Mort. You have a problem with me? You talk to my boss. That's <laughs> a lie. There's a case that needs your attention. Bring me the priest. I'm here to help, Julia. Wrong priest! I hate those deep voices. caution. There are secrets buried there. He's about to conceal. The church has fought against this demon before. The Vatican covered it up. We need to find out why. You've been played. You talk to fate. Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. Did he allow that? Imagine what could happen. The devil possessed the soul of the Pope's exorcist. Who will defend you? A lot of creative liberties. My faith does not require defense. April 14th. Wow, April 14th. Well, um, there's this uh, erroneous, vicious, I would say vicious rumor going around amongst my friends that say when you're in the room with me and we watch a horror movie that I get up and leave to use the bathroom, <laughs> especially when there's scary parts come on. And I'll just say that um, people may not know that I actually have the bladder of a toddler. See, what, what, ha what oh. happened was uh yeah you know and then the thing with the thing uh, uh you know you you know and, and they're ice like there's a lot of ice and that that that's what that, that's why yeah roger that, i'm gonna buy happened. you a shirt that says i have the bladder of a toddler just so you know <laughs> i love that that's what <laughs> happened was yeah no what did you what do you think about this jason because oh wow yeah Maybe. the first time i saw this trailer um i I was not paying attention to my surroundings and I only had probably one light on and it was down the hall. So I was in a pretty dim room, pretty much only lit by my computer screen and my laptop monitor is probably about 13.5 inches. So there's not a light coming yeah. to, to me and filling the room. Yeah. This, this really, uh, this really creeped me out. Uh, the music did first, you mm -hmm. know, that beginning part with the, the girls kind of, kind of filling the, the music there 
Uh, and yeah, you know, just kind of rewatching this trailer, I was kind of struck by the line of, and for the listeners who haven't seen the trailer yet, it's this really deep voice. Yeah. But this deep voice is coming from a little boy, mm -hmm. uh, probably a little older than a toddler, right? Probably like <laughs> 9, 10, 11 years yeah. old. And he's in a bed, probably restrained, but he sits up and and he asks, he asks Russell's Crow character, did God allow that? And when that line was asked, was said, I, I thought about the conversation we just yeah, had. Yeah. You yeah. know, I was like, wow, that that just really struck me. Uh, but yeah, this trailer, you know, it's it it definitely I can see how fans of horror movies and this type of genre would say, April 14th, I'm there. I'm gonna yeah. buy pre-sale tickets. Uh <laughs> that's probably not gonna be me though, just kind of for <laughs> for all transparency. Yeah. I like it because there's a lot of things uh that are right off the top said that are true. The mm. first one is that only 2% of the cases, a very small percentage of cases that are actually referred to a an exorcist result in exorcism. Yeah. A, a vast majority of them are psychological yeah. or, you know, uh, some sort of other illness or explain something explained away by something. away. Yeah. So when you talk to exorcists, uh, as I have been blessed enough to speak to them many times, um, that's one thing that is very, very clear. It's not like Hollywood either. You know, <laughs> even in the paranormal cases, um, you don't always get attacked or you don't always see the the devil putting on a show the way he does. Usually those, those quote unquote, um, demonic uh, presences uh, or things that happen are, are to distract yeah. the exorcist or the people that are in the exorcism ritual in the room from performing the ritual. Um, there have been cases of exorcists that I've spoken to that have seen people levitate off the floor, you know, things like that, but they stay concentrated on doing performing the ritual and trying to get help for the person who is suffering. So I'm looking forward to seeing it. I'm not <laughs> as scared as I was when I was younger and I watched The Exorcist. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's scary. Which is forever uh, 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 one of the scariest, if not the scariest movie that I've ever yeah. seen. Um, but uh, and also, I love what he says in the trailer, which is uh, my faith. Uh, because of my faith, I don't need to be defended. You know, that yeah. is so true. You get to a point where you are not no longer afraid of yeah. things like this because you understand that our battle has already been won uh against evil yeah and uh, against uh satan and so forth now you still have to call on on god and jesus yeah. to be there with you right but all of these things are real these this is not uh, made up um uh, i i do like some of the liberties like you said roger that there's a lot of creative taken. i was like i don't think that ever happened between the pope and father Moore and all this like it was a lot of creative liberties lots of them especially right. his accent the, the only thing i didn't like about it was two was one the cgi was a little wonky a little bit like mm. i know it's not a huge budget i understand that but like the cgi was kind of like circa 2010 or something like that and then um his accent um i don't know it kind of reminded me if you've seen him in love and thunder when mm. when russell crowe plays zeus watch the movie watch love and thunder and russell crowe's accent is like it's very similar so i kept thinking of him as zeus but other than that like and then also i was gonna ask you dusty being in the hollywood for for so many years and coming among the film what's the filmmakers attitudes what what's the attitudes of these type of movies are they like 
they completely dismiss it like oh this is just stupid nonsense or there's some people that like well we don't want to mess with this let's get a priest on board i've heard stories about you know rosemary well, baby and exercise. the very first one that i think of when you mention examples or whatever is the the faith that grew within sir anthony hopkins when he oh. played an exorcist some 10 years ago the right in one of the right the right, the right yeah. Did, yeah the right based on that famous book uh he ended up converting to catholicism um we've heard even more recently other films where yeah. you deal re with religious type of uh, ha uh situations like this not necessarily horror although you know when you go into the horror realm everybody's heard the stories that happened around uh, the movie um poltergeist oh yeah uh, and all the people who died and Rosemary's so on and so forth. baby the omen yeah. the, we got to do the omen that. oh the my omen. that oh, was my another goodness. series of films that i watched Crazy. as a kid that just haunted me for years i couldn't put that away but the reality is that no matter what the project and they're all very different obviously at different levels of budgets and which studios behind them and so forth my my sense is that people are professional on the set they're there to create a collaborative art form the most collaborative art form there is which is filmmaking and uh, everybody shows up to do a job however you do hear those types of stories where something supernatural or maybe super religious happened um even in the passion of the christ uh apparently while he was yeah. up on the cross uh, right. thunder lightning struck him and and the, some of the extras converted and all kinds of stuff so it's beautiful I think it's beautiful. Um, I think movies like this serve are a nice reminder for our world today of what's at play. And that is, as we've talked about this before, a battle between good and evil for, for really the prize is your soul. Yeah. That's why this is happening. It's all about, you know, the devil's fighting for your soul and he wants to collect as many souls as possible. And uh, it goes back to our earlier topic, you know, people who have little faith or don't know how to interpret events in this life because they have no faith or how to carry on and the hatred that there exists still for our priests and people in our church, or even just for our church in general. Um, it's a nice reminder. I, I kind of, I kind of like to see these movies come along every once in a while, as long yeah. as they're based in fact, and the more the more truth that that there that you are told in these movies, the scarier it is. Actually, yeah. I find I don't know. Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe me, Jason, you, Dusty. Maybe we, I don't know. Maybe we'll see. We'll see this in the theater. All of us we'll get a popcorn soda and we'll all sit together watch it. And again, if I don't I know up, because I want to be one of the first ones to watch it. Doesn't sound like Jason's on board. If yet, I get up well, in, the, in, the, in the middle of the theater, you know what happened was I'll watch the movie with you guys. If you wear the shirt, I get you that says I have the bladder of a toddler. <laughs> okay, done. <laughs> How about that? Done. done. Oh That's my goodness. Speaking of filmmaking, Jason, uh, I think. I think you're you're gonna want to uh, uh, you have a lot of experience and Dusty you have a lot of experience. Uh, speaking of filmmaking, um, Dusty, what's going on with the Knights of a Columbus? They're having a new film, a new yeah, I, a I documentary. Heard, um, yeah, I heard about this on the uh, Catholic News Agency. They have a new uh, documentary on the humanitarian crisis in ukraine yeah now as i know they've released other movies you know like a, a documentary on our lady of guadalupe we're talking about the knights of columbus yes. here okay yeah um mm -hmm. but the fact that they've gone out and made this uh this film 
which you know focuses on on families, the the husbands that have been separated from their wives, the children separated from their parents, and the thousands and thousands of civilians that have been killed since Russia invaded Ukraine a year ago. These are all uh, in the trailer for the Knights of Columbus new film. It's called In Solidarity with Ukraine. Okay. And um, it sounds great. It premieres February 26th and it'll run for six weeks. For six weeks? Well, Jason, I don't know. Like you've had, you work for the, the Pilgrim Center for Hope and you guys are actually doing a very good documentary on the shot of Shuren. So, uh, or Turin, I, I don't know if, I, if some people might say you're saying it wrong, but on the shroud. So, like, other than obviously, what's your thoughts on the humanitarian crisis that's going on in Ukraine with the people? But also, uh, in your experience, so what are your thoughts like on, of course, the humanitarian aid that's going on in in Ukraine and the people being displaced? But also, what do you think they would have to go through filming this documentary series? Since you've had experience, y'all been doing the shadow turn. Now you haven't gone to other countries and Ukraine war torn. Right. But what are some of the headaches <laughs> that come along with making a doc? To trying to stay true to the form, right? Yeah, that's a that's a, a good question there, uh, there, Roger. And uh, of course, anything that I've encountered and experienced with uh, the media series that I'm involved in, you know, pales in comparison to um, my brother Knights, who have put this yeah. documentary together. And like, say, for us to put together a documentary, a, a episode, right, for our media series that that is documentary style. Uh, it's probably about three to four months for about 15 minutes, right? So this is a 60-minute long documentary, and we have a good amount of people involved in ours. I can only imagine a project on the scale because it's not domestic. It's it's international. Yeah. So there, there has to be people there getting footage and essentially recording everything. And who knows what they are allowed to record and not because of the fact that there is a war going on, uh, yep. an actual war going on there. So uh, Dusty made a comment earlier about movies and it being, what did you say, Dusty, the, the, the most collaborative effort is making a film? Yes. You know, there's there's that's nothing right. that that's an extremely true statement, you know, just based on the exposure that I've had to that kind of a project. But uh, this this project here, it seems very, very such a, a worthy cause. You know, if you ask, you know, the average person and I venture to even say the average Catholic, hey, what do the Knights of Columbus do? Right. You'd probably get a, a wide spectrum of answers. And for those that may be in the know, may think, oh, yeah, those are the guys that are, you know, pro-life. Those are the guys that are praying in front of you know, Planned Parenthood, or those are the guys that once a year stand on the street corners and give you a Tootsie Roll if you give them a if you give them a, a donation, right? But <laughs> yeah, you know, the Nazi yeah. Columbus do so much more than that. They do so much more than that, and though you know, like say the pro life efforts, that's such a worthy cause. But yeah. uh, just like the news cycle goes, right? The Ukrainian war was in the news, and then it's not, and then now it's in the news again because it's kind of a political thing now and yeah you know our our president's trip on president's day over there and it's back in the news cycle but yeah. this this is not what that's about it's focusing yeah. on the humanitarian efforts yes. and it's really it's it's even shining a light on the corporal works of mercy yeah uh, i was reading reading the article that the that, that you and dusty sent and uh you know one of the one of the highlights they have is a polish couple who actually took in refugees, right? And uh, that's that's that is that's sheltering the naked, that's feeding the hungry, that's also sheltering the homeless, yep. right? So they, this focuses on the corporal works of mercy. So yeah. you know, a very very worthy effort. 
Yeah, definitely. And I think it's very important to separate the humanitarian from the political of like, should we be there? Should we not like all that stuff that, that I, I can separate too. you don't have to agree with what's going on and, and agree with helping your neighbor out. And that's very important. Because I think uh, Zelensky recently had said something about the, the Americans who don't support the war to send like billions over, like he was kind of shaming them saying, well, you're going to lose this, you're going to lose that. But I think you can separate that political the the that faction with just the faction of hey let's just help these people but speaking of helping people um or not helping people i should say um a headline this is um straight out of the headlines after school satan clubs are popping up all over the country to teach critical thinking skills now uh this is a program that parents go and, and they're gonna have their little the little johnny come up hey mom here's this permission slip can you sign it and it's like uh, oh a satan club now it's not like the theological satan it's like the church of uh, the satanic temple and what they do it's like almost like a mockery of christianity right so it's not theologically satan but it's more of like let me read some of the list that they have some of their tenets i guess these seven tenets one of them is empathy with reason okay i yeah i agree with that two justice should prevail over laws and institutions well who's justice i don't know that's kind of who's and prevail over what laws what institutions three bodily autonomy autonomy self-law right auto autonomy self-law from the greek um i don't i mean yeah but for what to what right that it, 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 there's a limit so number four encroaching on the freedom of another is to give up one's own but, you know, that's the kind of immovable object versus un unshakable, you know, unstoppable. I don't know. That's kind of number five. Science should not be distorted to fit beliefs. Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. I, def I believe in science very much, you know, bi biology, uh, male and, and women and man. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, number six, mistakes should be corrected to resolve any harm caused. Uh, yeah, I, I think in general, yeah, in general, I, I think there's nothing wrong with that. Number seven, compassion, wisdom, and justice should prevail over words. Uh, again, that's very vague. What do you mean by justice? People have different meanings by justice. Um, compassion, you shouldn't always, to extent, I think that could be bad. You know, if you too much mercy without clarity is bad. Even Saint Augustine, or was it Aquinas? I think it was a, it was Augustine, I believe, that said. Uh, that sometimes there's laws that go over and so the justice is severe over the mercy and that's unjust but he says if you had to choose between between being over merciful or over over just choose being over just again um, it's just Augustine you know that's not the whole you know whatever but he is a saint uh, so those are the seven tenets so um, Jason are you ready to sign that satanic uh, permission slip for schools uh, the answer is no. Uh, some, you know, yeah, how dare you bigot? You just <laughs> devil works. I'm just playing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's not, uh, not anything that I would consider signing. <laughs> uh, at, at this point, I'm just happy they're sending a permission slip home. Yeah. Right. At least <laughs> because, you know, it's kind of going, it's the trajectory here is it's just going to happen. And, uh, without any kind of a slip going home which uh, wow. I hope and pray is not something that anyone ever experiences. Well, expect little Johnny to come home with a satanic <laughs> all red in blood, right? Written in somebody's blood. I don't know. Dusty, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? Uh, I'm incredibly saddened. I mean, there's a part of me that thinks, okay, you know, we don't really know what's going on at these 
groups or meetings. I'm, I'm sure they come in all different flavors and sizes, but it's a, uh, it's sad because to me, it's a sign of something that uh, exorcists have talked about to me uh, and certainly in a number of interviews that I've heard and things, which is that people are no longer afraid yeah. uh, uh, of evil. In fact, even in our own lives, we see when we partake in, 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 in sin, many times it's like a pet cat. I gave this example the other day to our teenage son. It's like a pet cat. You sit in there petting it, right? But this cat happens to be a very deadly, big yeah. bite cat. And eventually at some point you think, you know, oh, this is my pet, no big deal. And it's sin and it's going to come back and bite you hard. And that is the type of behavior. This is exactly the type of behavior that falls into that category for me. You know, you're going to have some kids maybe that are, that are critically thinking or that are wondering, you know, I'm going to explore this or whatever, but you're opening doors. You don't want to open man. And the amount of suffering that's going to come from opening those doors, I wouldn't want to wish that upon my worst enemy. So be careful out there. Be careful. Yeah. Well, this is a good news. This is something good. I think this is positive. You know, Ash Wednesday was last Wednesday. Um, that sounds redundant. Ash Wednesday was last Wednesday. But anyway, uh, we're in our Linton journey. And here's some good news, some good celebrities coming out in, in support of faith. Here's Mark Wahlberg speaking about his faith. Your faith means so much to you. Do you have you always talked about it? Or did you feel I at have. some point like, okay, I have a platform here and I just want to share this part of my journey? I have. You know, it's, it's a balance. I don't want to jam it down anybody's throat, yeah. but I do not deny my faith. That's, that's an even bigger sin. You know, it's not popular in my uh, industry, but, you know, I cannot deny my faith. It's important for me to share that with people, but I have friends from all walks of life and, and all different types of faiths and religions. So, you know, it's important to respect and honor them as well. Yeah. What does it mean to you, your faith? Oh, it's everything. It really has. It's it's afforded me so many things. Obviously, you know, God didn't come to save the saints. He came to save the sinners. We've all had things and issues in our lives, and we want to be better versions of ourselves. And through focusing my faith, it's allowed me to do that. And I know people, a lot of people have been challenged with COVID and everything else. I mean, I was away from people and church and community and connection for a long time. I think that's a good message. And you know what it reminds me of, too? It's in the book of Kohelet, right? Also, aka Ecclesiastes, right? We see this in verse 2, chapter 24 through 26. A person can do nothing better than to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in their own toil. This, too, I see is from the hand of God. For without him, who can eat or find enjoyment? To the person who pleases him, God gives wisdom, knowledge, and happiness. But to the sinner, he gives a task of gathering and storing up wealth to hand it over to the one who pleases God. This, too, is meaningless and is chasing after wind. And the book of Kohelet, that's actually the Hebrew. And in Greek, that's why we say now in some books, oh, I think in most of the Bibles is Ecclesiastics. But you will see um, in other books that have the Hebrew, that book will be called Kohelet. And in that, the whole story is a reflection on somebody, the writer, the reflections on the meaningless of life, right? That's the famous vanity of vanities, right? It's all vanity. And to me, I see that Mark Wahlberg, who's a very wealthy guy, blockbuster guy, you know, did so many movies, you know, um, has wealth, has power, has fitness, he has everything. But you see that none of that means nothing to him. He says it himself. It means faith is everything. 
it's everything to him. And he says, you know, in his industry, that's not really looked good upon. Um, and then even Kelsey Grammer had came out in the recent movie, Jesus Revolution, like about he won't apologize for his faith. So like, what do you guys think of this? Is is it good news that more, it seems like more actors are like stepping up, right? Or is that something I'm imagining? Yeah, uh, it, it, it certainly is true there. Uh, and Mark and Mark Wahlberg, you know, this is not like his first um, rodeo. Time it's speaking, not his first rodeo. You know, speaking about his faith, right? <laughs> like he he helped finance Father Stu out of his own yeah. pocket, right? Yeah. So he's he's putting his money where his faith is, and that's that's a winner every time, honestly. Um, yeah, he's he's shared several several times. Uh, for those that aren't aware, he's actually a part of the forty day challenge on a amazing app called Hollow. Great H-A- app. L- L-O-W. Love uh, it. so yeah that's he's he's doing the for the uh, friday fasting challenge yeah i believe that's that's what he's taking part in there and uh it's it's really inspiring you know to see someone like mark Wahlberg be front and center and say hey this is who i am this is my faith he's said in past videos that he goes to daily mass and he touched on something at the end of the the audio that you shared there roger where says that he missed it on so much during covid and he said the c word not covid but he said community Mm. And when he said that, it it yeah. really it really touched me because it's mm. like wow, like like it just right, brought me right back to those moments where you know I was I was starting up Zoom meetings on 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 the daily just so I could see my just so I could see my community that I didn't get to see when I went to RCIA on Tuesday evenings or Men's Faith Group on the first Thursday of every month or at Mass, you know. So um, you know he said so much with so little there, and it's all right. Uh, Kelsey Grammer, honestly, he's kind of a, a surprising one to me. I I, I didn't know much yeah, about him either. as far as it relates to his faith life, but he's speaking out about it now. It's never too late. You know, I, I think it's kind of cool that he's speaking out about it. Uh, I had some interest in seeing the, the movie that, 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 that he's associated with uh, in him speaking out about it. But uh, now it kind of a little bit more. I want to watch it to kind of see what it's about there. Uh, I think it's cool. It makes it cool. Uh, it gives people permission to see some of our on-screen heroes and actors coming out and talking about faith during a time when, frankly, we need a lot of faith. We need a lot of prayer for the way our world is going and yeah. some of the things that are happening, not only with the environment, but economically and politically as well. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's it's wonderful news. Yeah. And this is... There you go. New evangelism. Yeah, it, it's very he- heavy media and content, you know, Bishop Barron and all the guys. So I think it's great news, too. But here's some other news that that's not so great, especially for the heart. But this is from uh, the Washington Examiner. The headlines reading from this transgender people on hormones face seven times higher risk of stroke and increased risk risk of heart attack study finds the new study found that cross-sex hormones give a elevated risk a dramatic risk of stroke heart attack and blood clots. so um i think what this shows too is the reason i want to touch on this is because i think people will misunderstand when people think like love means to let people do what they want right or love means uh don't stop me and I think this shows over and over, even in the book of Kohila, the Ecclesiastics, it kind of talks about um, somebody either storing up stuff or chasing after certain stuff. And it's all vanity. It's all it, it one of the translations instead of vanity of vanity, it's uh, is all breath after breath, something weird, you know, like the Hebrews, it's all the Hebrew writing, just kind of weird breath after breath. It's like you 
you just take one breath and it's gone. And I think uh, this is, I would say it has to be connected to the fact that we are mind, body, soul composites, right? We're not like some people might think ghosts in the shell, like we're spirit and the spirit matters. The body doesn't matter. You could do whatever you want to it. And I think this story kind of touches on there's, there's risk, especially for like these new hormones and especially if they want to do it to younger kids that aren't even fully development, I think that's very dangerous. And I think this is something that people got to slow down. And I think even in Europe, they started to, to take the, the foot off the gas with this. Uh, and I think we need to like love people and try to help them spiritually and mentally before we get into dangerous cross-sex hormones. Because, I mean, this is common sense, though. Like, I didn't need a study. Study says this. No, you just need common sense to say, hey, guys, I don't think this is good for the heart. I don't think it's good for – and we have studies. We don't need that, but it's nice to, it's nice to at least to have that. Uh, Dusty, do you see an attack on the very, very Christian idea of your soul is your body, your body is you? You can't separate them. Is it? Is this an attack on that doctrine of Christianity? You know, this is a very difficult question that you're posing to me. An instance where people do not have enough information to make judgments or decisions about this. Um, one of our family members, uh, I will say, uh, went through this in their personal life. Uh, 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 when since the time that they were born, they felt that they were the wrong sex. And they went through a lot, a lot of personal struggle. They continue to struggle with health effects because of decisions they made uh, to change what God created. It's incredibly disheartening to see people who have no idea just out there spewing whatever the line is, right? Whatever's cool, whatever's not going to get you canceled or yeah. whatever. Listen, these are very personal things. I think that um, I've seen a lot of suffering in our own family from the siblings, from uh, the moms, uh, the dads involved in this story. A lot of suffering. And from a Christian Catholic perspective, uh, man of God perspective, of course, this is what you invite when you are sinning, when you are it, it going down the wrong path, maybe not even sinning, but just going down the wrong path. You you suffer and you sin. And, um, and so it's a complicated question. Maybe we can devote an entire show on it and have people who well, are Father Will, better I think we versed plan on doing that. Yeah, <laughs> right. You know that that are that yeah. are better versed on this topic that can bring us up to speed. Love um, the sinner, not the sin, and yes. uh, and the person who's suffering. But I can tell you from my perspective, what I've seen, this is a very, I mean, things you never would even think of that I've heard told to me. Uh, by the participants in the drama, in the story, in the real life story that are just uh, mind blowing and that uh, take time to to get there for you to, uh, to to get to the understanding and to get to the wisdom that comes from situations like this. So I guess that's the way yeah. I'll I'll answer, Raj. Jason, um, do you think medication and surgeries are the answer uh, versus maybe more spiritual side or psychological, or how do you fit the two together? 
Well, you know, when you get into medication and surgeries, you know, that's very, very tough, right? There's, you know, how long has the medication been around? Sure, it's approved, right? But, you know, there's uh, medications that have been approved that cause problems such as this. So sometimes you're prescribed one medication and then the side effects you experience, you need to take another medication for that, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's when you get into the world of medication and surgeries, you know, take it from someone who's been, has had his fair share of medication and surgeries over the past five years, you know, it, it can get very tricky. It's, it's yeah. one big science experiment is really what it is. And, you know, these are people that are, that are honestly, they are um, conflicted, right? They're feeling one way, but, but they're another, right? You know, mm -hmm. so it's like, how, how do you make sense of this? And personally speaking, as, as Jason, I feel like, you know, trying to understand this mentally first is the way to go instead of taking medication and treating it that way and trying to physically change your body. You know, I, I feel like that's a very extreme, extreme uh, step to take. You know, some people may feel like that that that's what they need. Um, it's one of those tough questions to answer. There's no right answer for every person because every person is different. Every situation is different. The history, the all of that 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 leads up to them making that decision. Yeah. It's 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 really really hard, yeah. but. Um, you know, it, it depends on that person, their environment. Their environment could be a contribution to the way they're feeling, or it, it could be something to where it's not supportive. You know, it's it's something to where it it really has to be handled with great, great care and a lot of thought. It's not a decision that can be made overnight or some kind of a knee-jerk reaction because this, this is your body. You're only given one, you know, and making changes like that, it's hard to undo some of those changes once they're done. And, you know, you, you want to live a long, healthy life. So some great care and some deep thought and a lot, a lot of um, reflection and prayer, you know, definitely should be a part of that decision-making. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, these uh, drugs are, are, it's dangerous and like seven times yeah. higher. Like that's crazy, especially for children. That's almost like it, to me, it shouldn't even be a question at all. It should be illegal um, doctors should be thrown in jail for that. Like that's after that, again, I, I think people should be warned about it, but like it's under 18, like it's just, uh, it's, it's dangerous. You see in the stories of D transitioners, uh, they're being silenced. Mm -hmm. Their voices are being, that's, mm -hmm. it's horrible, you know, but I want to end it on a good note though. <laughs> I want to end it on a good note and we're going to end it on this story, a little bit of, of geekdom, a lot of, uh, star Wars, particularly the Mandalorian. I know this is like what the Eve of the show is about to come on. So we yeah. all seen the Mandalorian. So uh, I thought this was very interesting. This is via IndieWire. Gina Carano's character remains part of the world of Mandalorian, even after the actress firing. So now if you guys seen the show, of course, you know, she was uh, um, a decent, not a huge, but she was a decent part of it that had plans for her Mandalorian. Again, it's a good show. Uh, Pedro Pascual, who's like on top of the world right now with uh, The Last of Us right. and all these different movies that he's coming out with. Um, a baby Groot, of course, everyone likes him or Groku. It's just sorry. I don't want to dead name. I don't want to dead name him. His name's Groku. Sorry. But uh, That's yeah, baby Yoda, my exactly. Gina's Carano character, she was fired, you know, um, fighting with Disney. And now she works with Daily Wire. And now she did movie. I actually saw her movie. It's not bad. It's uh, what is it called? I think um, 
uh, pra- uh prairie danger or whatever something like that uh um danger in the prairie uh but it, it's a western it was actually good but she severed ties with Disney. So they're no longer working with each other. You know, John Favreau have said it, who's the executive producer. Uh, Dave Filoni said she's not coming back. But her character, Cara Dune, is. She is. Cara Dune is coming back. The character. Now, do you guys think the actual character, they recasted her? Do you think she will appear in this upcoming season or she's going to appear in another show or she's going to make her own series well how do you feel about that what do you guys think predictions the the reason why we're hearing this news is because they're preparing us that she's coming on sooner than later so yes Mm. a recast actress will probably be on sooner than later how many ufc how many more uh, women ufc fighters i don't know uh jason so do you think you would imagine (laughs) <laughs> right you're right i'm sure but who would recast her um let's play a little bit of a um who, who would you rather have uh i guess i'll go with you jason first who do you want to see as this character who's your dream casting if you had a pick oh gosh yeah on the spot right well okay so you know dusty is the industry insider so if he's saying they're doing it sooner it's because she's gonna she's you gonna know, appear come back or you know she's gonna appear then I'm taking that to the bank, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So who would I recast Cara Dune as? Uh, you know, Ooh, I got initially one in I would head. think I got one. You, oh, great, great. So initially I would think someone that's gonna look like her. And honestly, I my knowledge of female MMA fighters is not <laughs> that vast to think, oh, well, she looks just like her. So that's gonna be an easy and and then an easy, you know, transition. Yeah. I would probably just want to go the farthest from someone that looks <laughs> that looks like her just to kind of just to kind of make it a thing, right? Like it, it's going to be the elephant in the room, so address it, right? Maybe yeah. maybe this is a Star Wars universe, so maybe she went through some some kind of side effect from going in light speed or something, who knows, right? So we do know that Sasha Banks, who used to be in the WWE, was oh. in The Mandalorian, right? Mm. Which, hey, you know, and she's a Mandalorian character, if I'm not mistaken, right? Because she was with the other female Mandalorian character. Man, I just saw this yesterday to refresh my memory, and I already forgot their names. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, if it can be a female MMA wrestler, then maybe it's going to be a, a female yeah. professional wrestler, right? That's a little bit more of what I'm familiar with since I'm more into professional wrestling. So, you know, right now, who's on top of the world is going to be Bianca Belair because she is the mm. women's champion, right? Yeah, I, I wrestler. Really don't see, Physical. Yeah, I really Physical. don't see, I don't see Ronda Rousey kind of in this, you know, yeah, Fast see. and Furious was her mm. franchise and eh, that kind of worked. Not really. But um. <laughs> so, yeah, let's go with Bianca Belair. Why not? Okay. I, I got my casting. Uh, My casting for Cardoon is going to be Nick Nolte. No, no, Nick Nolte. <laughs> Stop. That's what you're going to say, Nicholas Cage. Stop the spaceship. You gutless coward. Stop the ship. Stop the spaceship. How dare you taking little baby Yoda? Roku, stop the ship. No, no, not Nick Nolte. <laughs> uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, Scar- not Skarsgård, from uh, Thor. She played one of the Warriors 3, the female version. And she was actually, um, they actually wanted her for Wonder Woman. She They wanted her from Wonder Woman, but she played Lady Sith. Lady, there you go. Lady Sith. I want Lady Sith 
as the character. I think she kind of looks like her. They have the same hair. They're both physical. And again, she was going to be Wonder Woman. So she's seen her in Thor in the, all the Thor movies. That's her. That's who. That's my casting. So Dusty, you're you're on the casting couch. You oh, got man. producers. You got you, everyone. <laughs> you have to. If you're going to replace her with a UFC fighter, you have to go with the most popular female UFC fighter ever. And that's Ronda Rousey or Rousey. Rousey, yeah, Rousey, Ronda right? Rousey. She's already <laughs> guested on television shows like Entourage. Yeah, she's been on tons of magazine covers, so she's got the biggest uh, TV IQ, as yeah. they call it. You know, the most recognizability. So yeah, that, that's why I'd go with R- Ronda Rousey. But see, that's almost like I, I know Jason thought about that, but I think all three of our castings are pretty good. So prediction. I'm going to change I... my vote and say Ronda Rousey just because Dusty said so. so yeah. I'm going to. I'm going to. Let's see how vote. wrong so, we all yeah. are once yeah, this yeah, series yeah. starts uh, in the next week or so. Yeah, that's going to be good. But I still like. I still like my my Nick Nolte, that baby Yoda. Oh, and by the way, she was also on WWE, right? She was like, oh in a, yeah, in a, in a WrestleMania. That's right. Think, yeah, like, that's right. Uh, All right. I'm excited by this season. I mean, I don't, do you guys think this is going to be the best yet? I honestly, I think so. I um, hope so. I think, I I think season two is pretty good. I'm curious to see where it goes. I'm curious to see where it goes. It's, uh, this thing has become such a franchise for them. They're not going to drop the ball. They're going to really, I think they're throwing more money at it and more creativity. They're, 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 they've established their brand, you know, and a lot of people are buying, uh, are buying subscriptions to watch yeah. this so yeah. uh, yes it's, it's mainstream even though it's on a subscription model you know so yeah so i and think Pedro... they're gonna do great i can't i can't wait and and it, by the yeah. way speaking of that just dropping you know we're watching the same actor uh, uh on yeah. uh the last of us yeah uh, yeah that's what i was gonna on say H- yeah on, on hbo yeah um, and he, he is amazing on that i i think he's really really come along yeah. as an actor because we saw him uh in in um in the last uh w- one of the early seasons of of um of narcos right? yeah playing, right, right. Yeah. the same the He's same great. actor pedro pascal is who we're yeah. talking about who plays joel in the last of us and yeah. he plays the mandalorian in the mandalorian he this was in guy, game of thrones as well he came yeah, out briefly, he was a, yeah, right he was briefly. briefly in that but man if you look at his acting skills and his presence like man this guy I guess movies are next, man, because he's yeah. drawing. He's box blowing office. up. He's going up. He's going up. You want to he catch on? Blow- he was in Wonder him. Woman. Don't talk about that one. Oh, that's, that's right. Not one of yeah, his that's best. right. Not one of his best. Not one of his best for sure. That was a money grab for him. That's a money grab. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was also yeah. in one of the the Kingsman, the part two. I think yes. I believe it was in the Kingsman part two. It wasn't great, but it, it was also, like the third movie, but it was yeah. a prequel. Yeah, it was, it was like, like we're American seeing if they're gonna trust him to actually carry a film oh, on his own. That would be great. He hasn't know? done that. Even yet. Bella Ramsey, who's playing the the portrayal of yes. Ellie, who's she was uh, in Game in, of Thrones, the, the Last of Us, also is very very good. Yeah, I did not know she was in Game of Thrones. That's yeah. interesting. She was I in Game of Thrones as well. Yeah, oh, so there's a little little cool. connection of both of them. You guys have to. Well, actually, it's not a good. Oh, it's one of those movies where it should have been so awesome. I'm gonna tell you the cast, and you're gonna be like, these guys. At, it was weird at one time in my life. These not my favorite of all time, but these guys were like some of my favorites. Where I don't know what it was, but a few years ago there was a movie that came okay. out on Netflix, and it had check this out. Like I was like, oh, this is gonna be great. It wasn't, but it had uh, Ben Affleck. Okay. It had um, Jax from Sons of Anarchy, Char- Charles Hunnan, right? Charlie okay. Hunnan from Sons mm-hmm. of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. It had uh, Oscar Isaac 
from Star Wars fame, and he's been in a bunch of other movies. Oscar Isaac, Moon Knights, and Moon Knights. yeah, Moon Knight, yeah, the guy who plays Moon Knight, uh, and Pedro Pascal. Oh wow! And, and there was another guy that was pretty cool too. I think the guy from uh, the guy from uh, Logan, he plays the bad guy in Logan. I think he came on a Narcos too. I think so. Those guys, imagine all those Oscar Isaac, Pedro Pascal, Ben Affleck, Charlie Hunnam. Like that was great, and it was like a, a special forces movie. Um, it's it's okay. But he was in that movie, so I remember that. Wow. All right, guys. Well, again, this has been another great episode of Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. Uh, guys, please share us. Share us with your friends, um, Spotify, Apple. Jason Nunez, is there anything you want to plug? I know you guys have that amazing documentary series. Is there anything you want to plug in away before we go? Uh, yeah, sure. Sure, no problem. Thanks for giving me the opportunity, Roger. Yeah, so um, I... I have the the honor and the and the uh, an absolute blessing to work for the Pilgrim Center of Hope, which yeah. is a nonprofit Catholic evangelization ministry here in San Antonio, Texas, and uh, we do various you know different types of outreach, and one of those is through media. We have a weekly blog that debuts every Monday. Uh, we have a a podcast that debuts every Thursday. And uh, more and more specifically, what Roger's speaking about is a streaming media series. Right now, we have two episodes out. Uh, we're working on episodes three and four. Uh, honestly, they'll be out later this year. But you can go to discoverwho.org. And this media series focuses on the Shroud of Turin. And uh, it's, it really asks the viewer the question, who is the man of the Shroud? You know, we're not we're not telling the viewer who this is. We mm. are speaking with experts uh, from different perspectives, right? We're speaking with the doctors. We're speaking with experts who actually studied the shroud. Yeah. You know, back when it was studied, back, uh, the the team is called STIRP, and so we have spoken with different experts that were part of that team, and um, it's a very exciting project to be a part of, and um, I'm blessed to serve as the as the as the audio director for that series and uh, it's just a pleasure to kind of be a part of it attached to it and work on it and do my part to kind of help it reach the world so i encourage you to go to discoverwho.org uh you can also go to pilgrimcenterofhope.org to go to our website and to go to see the various media and all the amazing stuff that we do there so thank you for that roger appreciate yeah, it we could definitely put that in the show notes as well so i could click again um yeah man dusty again once again yeah glad to have you aboard um man all right guys thank you guys thank you gentlemen thank you good thank night. you for having us yes good night, good night. everyone and god bless you don't forget to pray for us for all yes. of us and uh, and we'll, the bishop we'll the pray for bishop. you as well yes god love you bye-bye